You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh oh. <laughs> They're basically the Bishop Sycamore of the CFL right now, so I don't know if it's even a game worth watching. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Uh, Brazilian Ty is with me today. I, I got to start by saying congratulations to the Canadian uh, women hockey team winning the World Hockey Championships, beating the Americans mm-hmm. 3-2 in overtime. And this coming after the women's soccer team beating the U.S. soccer team at the Olympics. It's been a pretty good uh, little while here for Canadian women in sports. Pretty good little run. Uh, you know, first world championship yeah. gold since 2012, I think, for Team Canada. Uh, the states have kind of had their number, won the Olympics in 2018 too. So, I mean, kind of been getting beat up on, but it was nice to see, uh, you know, Marie-Philippe Poulain when they thought she didn't score, she knew right away. Uh, oh, absolutely. Right. It, bar down. Uh, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's awesome to see them, you know, finally get, get that monkey off their back and get another, get another gold. Uh, it doesn't taste, it's not as not, it's not as sweet as, you know, beating the American women's uh, soccer team just because of what, ha- what's happened in the Olympics <laughs> prior and how much I hate that entire roster. Uh you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of players on the American women's hockey team that I hate, uh, if any, really. Uh, but yeah, the soccer team felt even. The, I think the soccer team was a bigger a bigger thing to me, and my, it is the Olympics, I know. Uh, but you know, just just the pettiness in my heart uh, whenever Canada plays the Americans, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I do love uh, Blair Turnbull <laughs> hurts her ankle. During the celebration, <laughs> and then comes back out on a stretcher to get the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the happiest I've ever seen anybody look on a stretcher. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. Gonna let you know about. ATB Cares. If you're looking for a way to give back, ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes they care about. You can donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares and... ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and to donate, visit atbcares.com. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Let's just... Let's just get right into it. Let's get right to the games here. Ottawa, six and a half point underdogs at home against the Montreal Alouettes this Friday. 42 and a half points is set at uh, as the over-under for the total points here. It kicks off Labor Day weekend. I got to ask you though, Ty, 
who would win, Bishop Sycamore or the Ottawa Red Blacks? I want to say Ottawa just because they're grown men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably the safe bet. <laughs> but. Uh-oh. <laughs> they're basically the Bishop Sycamore of the CFL right now, so I don't know if it's even a game worth watching. Man. If they were to play, if they were to play them. Like in the second half, they're going to be running straight time, right? I can't. <laughs> I can't look away from uh, Car Rex as bad as that is. So, uh, well, I, Montreal <laughs> opened up as three point favorites, and two days later, it's six and a half. <laughs> Everybody was jumping on the three points. <laughs> wow. How do you not? <laughs> okay, for Ottawa. Um, at practice this week, uh, Paul Lapolice has been giving Dominic Davis more reps with the first team offense. They haven't officially announced the starting quarterback yet, so you have to wait for when uh, the depth charts come out because Lapo has said he's going to wait until he has to announce the, the starting quarterback. But we, we, we know we're going to at least start to see more of him in Ottawa's mm-hmm. offense, and they got to do something. It's getting to the point where he's not going to have a choice, and it it has to. And I mean, it has to be. I don't want to say performance based because I mean Matt Nichols hasn't played horrible. He's played like Matt Nichols, but they're not getting wins, and something needs to change. And if that's Dom Davis, I don't see that changing. Uh, but he has to do something, or else it just looks like he's apathetic and not caring about the record. So. It, I just don't see how he doesn't get into this into a game either this week or next week or sorry in two weeks after their bye. Oh no, yeah, they play BC in a week. So like, I mean, one of these two games, he's gonna he has to be the starter unless Matt Nichols starts Friday and goes off. But that is not happening. Yeah, I, at this point, it it seems pretty tough to watch what he's done thus far and think that he's going to go off for, you know, 300 yeah. and some yards in this one. We know that Dominic Davis, he's got a rifle on him. And mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows where it's going to go? That That's the biggest question. But <laughs> at least they should like be able to. like my driver. <laughs> Are you more of a hook or a slice? Oh, slice all day. That's why I bought, when I bought my new driver a couple weeks ago, I bought the Max Draw so that it won't slice as much. Man, the few times (laughs) I've been on the course, I get so much curve onto the ball. It'll start as a hook and then in about 50 yards become a slice. (laughs) Is it a hook or did you just pull it? I think you just pulled it. Right. Well, I don't know. The thing almost looks like a boomerang <laughs> when I hit it. <laughs> it flew for 300 yards, but it only went 40 yards. Yeah, down exactly. The <laughs> yeah. Been there. So, so we'll see who Dom Davis's preferred receivers are because you know at this point in time, I'm not against having Ryan Davis in your lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at least it, Matt Nichols is throwing to him double-digit times a game. If if they're giving him carries and he's only $2,500, uh, look, 
prices are crazy all over the board. You need $2,500 players. I, yep. I don't know if the offense would run the same way if Dom Davis was in there, but Ryan Davis, he's worth having in your lineup, I think. He proved it last week. He's getting targets. He's he's making catches. Uh, he's adding in a little bit on the return game, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, there is a chance there to, to get extra points. Uh, the only thing that really worries me is that they're not putting up huge numbers in Ottawa right now. Uh, but, I mean... You know, the guy can get five or six catches, 80 yards maybe, and a touchdown. That, that totally changes the complexion of your fantasy week. Even if he gets 11 catches for 70 yards, that's valuable. <laughs> yeah, that that's 18 points. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I it's mean, not terrible. It, it doesn't have to be pretty. <laughs> no, and nothing in Ottawa is right now. Yeah, that's, there's another, another fair point. Just wait, just wait three weeks, and it's going to get even worse. <laughs> okay, the Ottawa Red Blacks defense has held their own. Uh, a lot will say that it's been the bend, don't break kind of model so far from Mike Benavides. Yeah. They've given up a CFL high 318 passing yards per game, though. Only the mm-hmm. one passing touchdown. Could this be mm-hmm. the game that sets Vernon Adams Jr. on the right track? If he starts making smarter decisions. Yeah, because if they're bad decisions, Ottawa can take advantage of that. 100%. Uh, We talked about it last week. They've talked about it a lot during broadcast. The checkdowns are there. They're easy first downs sometimes where, you know, seven yards from a line of scrimmage and there's nobody within 10 yards of the guy and he's not taking it. He's looking for Eugene Lewis or BJ in double coverage. Uh, Winnicky's become the second down option. Uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where the ball, yeah, it's nice to try to push it down the field, but some at some point you have to take what the defense gives you. Uh, you know, and like you said, they're they're allowing 318 passing yards per game, only one touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, when, once you get in that red zone, they're going to have to look for options, and, and maybe William Stanback's going to get some looks down there. But if there's a game where Vernon Adams has a chance to put up numbers, it's this one. The only problem is that defense... Uh, can feast on turnovers as we've seen before. You know, maybe maybe Stanback is not the receiving back that they need. Maybe they need to start getting one somehow involved in the offense. If you remember mm-hmm. 2019, Jeremiah Johnson was still with the team, and uh, yep. once in a while they would get him involved in the receiving game, and, and he was talented. At that, I'm not mm-hmm. saying bring back Jeremiah Johnson, but if Stanback's going to be exactly your... what you're saying, <laughs> I mean, if if Stanback's going to be the bruiser on the ground and he can't catch, I, they got to yep. figure out something else to to mm-hmm. give Vernon Adams some options that he'll trust. Anyway, they got to be able to throw different look, throw in different looks from that position, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, now. What what are you thinking about Justin Davis? We don't know yet if he's the solid starter at running back for Mm -hmm. Ottawa, but Timothy Flanders hasn't uh, practiced so far yet this week. Justin Davis last week 
and on CFL Fantasy, he's thirty five hundred dollars. He had twelve carries. He was twenty five hundred last week. Oh, so look even better. But this week he's up by a thousand. He had twelve carries yeah. last week, forty three yards. He also had the four catches. Not a bad day. And he fumbled late last week. That's not going to be <laughs> good for him. But if he limits those and they they keep giving him double digit touches. Mm-hmm. Thirty five hundred dollars. There's there's not much to lose there. No, and, and I know it's only been one game, but he he averaged he averaged or he scored nine point seven that game. Timothy Flanders in his career averages nine point eight. So what's the drop off? Yeah. And at thirty five hundred bucks, at thirty five hundred bucks, you know it's it's not a bad play. The only issue that I have with it. And that I was I was worried about it last week too. So they're going to be behind. So how much is the run game really going to be involved? And they still threw to him four times. So I mean, it's not or he still had four catches. So it's it wasn't a terrible play at twenty five hundred bucks for nine point seven points. Uh, but I mean, that Al's D line has proved that you know they can they can disrupt the game plan a little bit. Uh, so that becomes an option or that becomes an issue. Sorry, uh, but I mean, Justin Davis at thirty five hundred bucks is not a big loss if he you know only scores you at nine, ten, eleven points. Uh, it gets you something at a cheaper option because, I mean, prices haven't really changed that much. Except for, I mean, well, let's be honest. Brandon Banks is now affordable. Yeah. What a and joke. I, I don't know if it's going to keep trending that way or not. Um, Montreal has been given up 5.4 yards per carry. That's the seventh best mark. In the CFL, if you're keeping track, that's so the, not the best. It's the third worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Third worst. There you go. Uh, they've given. They've been <laughs> giving. They're on the podium. It's just the wrong one. <laughs> they've been giving up nine yards a pass. That's the worst mark in the CFL. They've given mm-hmm. up six uh, completions of thirty yards or more. That is the most in the CFL. Not sure if they have to worry about those couple stats against. Ottawa, though. <laughs> You're really making me feel good about my Montreal Alouettes defense pick here. Uh-oh. Hey, I picked them, too. Oh. I'm, I'm I'm making myself okay. second-guess it. <laughs> uh, one thing nothing to note, is not confident. <laughs> one thing to note about uh, Ottawa at uh, practice this week, Devontae Dedman has been starting to see more time with the first-team offense at receiver. He's been seeing carries. He is a threat mm. in the return game. They need mm-hmm. more threats on offense, so getting them in receiver seems like a probably a bit of a no brainer there. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point, any anything, any addition to that offense is 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 a is, has a possibility to help because it can't get worse. Montreal Alouettes could be having a rookie starter at safety on Friday night. We'll see how Ty Cranston fares going up to uh, that moment. Mark Antoine Decoy. Mm-hmm would be the starter, hopefully, uh, if if Cranston can't go. He was a second-round pick in 2020. I, I just think it's notable because we're seeing a lot of players just drafted within the last couple of years that are just able to go in. I think the Canadian talent is actually very well. They seem to be coming mm-hmm. in CFL-ready, ready to contribute right off the bat. It's... I mean, he, he's he been contributing on special teams. We'll see how he does, you know, on the defense. But there's been Canadians just ready to go right away. Mm-hmm. It's been good to see. 
and you know it kind of mirrors the NFL in a way uh, where a lot of guys come in and they've been playing in pro systems in college. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that if that is the same case with U sport, but I mean these guys are you know playing playing football like in places where you know it's obviously been like you look at anybody that's played in the province of Quebec that's it's just been a football powerhouse, right? Um, helps that Laval pays their players, but um, <laughs> you know if they if they come in and they're ready to play, it, it's not like there's a two year period where they look like Bambi and the, and they can barely you know make it through a game. They're, they're coming in ready to play, uh, you know, in shape. They they've probably they've played in a system you know where you know. The, the, the college game isn't just you know ground and pound because the quarterbacks can't. Throw. These quarterbacks can throw. We, you know, these guys are. There's two of them on rosters right now. They, they can obviously do something. So it, it's nice to see, uh, and and that only helps teams if you can get that Canadian talent in the draft, and especially if they can play in the first couple of years and contribute because they're way, they're a way cheaper option for you then, uh, which, which just helps build build team build the team and 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 get guys in other positions that you might have to pay a little more for. Montreal might also have a new face at middle linebacker and Trey Watson and offensive tackle Chris Schluger, oh. maybe. Oh, uh, why, why, why won't, why will they have a new offensive tackle? It appears that Tony Washington has been dealing with a knee injury tie. Oh, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> When it comes to my fantasy team, I think now at this point of the season, you can kind of see the guys that are starting to get relied on. You're you, you kind of mm-hmm. starting to see some consistency, some patterns here and there. B.J. Cunningham has had a nice return to the fold after mm-hmm. suffering a pretty serious injury. He's averaged 13.2 points a game in the receiving core for the Alouettes. He's, what, about $6,300. Jake Winicky, he's now over $7,000, but he hasn't been below double digits, averaging 15 fantasy points a game, and he's got 10 touchdown catches in his last 55 catches. Touchdown Jake knows knows when to make the catches count. Yeah, and, you know, his average is slowly creeping up. Like you said, over 15 points a game this season. Uh, his, av- his career average is 10.2, and that, that's gone up every week. So I mean, doing something right and that's catching the football. Uh, ten ten touchdowns in the last fifty five catches. That's just insane. Uh, and and he's converting second downs. So like he's getting he's getting yeah. more targets, right than just in the red zone, which is nice to see. Uh, and yeah, BJ has come come on, averaged thirteen point two this year, averaging ten point eight in his career. Uh, these guys haven't had the great the best games against Ottawa. They're all in single digits other than Quan Bray. But I mean, we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, that being said, Ottawa's defense is either going to, you know, like you said, Ben don't break or they could give up huge numbers. Like it's such a crap shoot. Yeah. we know a big game will happen for Eugene Lewis. Eventually is it this week? Mm-hmm. He's averaged nine points a week or yeah. So far this season, uh, it's been kind of uneven. He's been seeing a lot of double, triple coverage. Vernon Adams yep. not really caring and throwing it anyway. We'll see yeah. if he can break through that this week. That does not help your catch percentage. No. <laughs> not at all. 
Let's go to Sunday. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, four and a half point favorites over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The over-under here set at 43. <laughs> it's crazy how lopsided as of late this Labor Day series has been. The mm-hmm. Riders, 37 and 18 overall. Well, I mean, they obviously they obviously need to to switch venues and, and every year because that's the issue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They've actually only lost the one since 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah. <laughs> quite the run <laughs> on Labor it's the Day. the free space the on riders. the bingo card right now. <laughs> Which is crazy to think. Yeah, can't beat the Bombers in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I know. The last time these two teams played, it was the crossbar. You, you don't mm-hmm. think... That Cody Fajardo was thinking about that going into going into Sunday. That's uh, like, oh, don't hit it in the water, don't hit it in the water, and then where you hit it into the freaking water. So I wouldn't, if I'm him, <laughs> I I try not to think about that. That takes away a lot of the end zone options he's gonna have. Yeah, <laughs> if he's thinking about the crossbar, just waking up in a cold sweat. Is it the second dose or is it the crossbar? <laughs> or yeah, and for me, when I wake up in a cold sweat, it's usually the DTs. <laughs> Look, I, I I wanted to start William Powell this week. I really <laughs> did. But and, and you can if you want. I, I, I don't yeah. know if I trust the output. I know there's going to be a week when he has like three touchdowns and just yeah. tears it up. And maybe this is the week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have given up four rushing touchdowns on the season. Nobody else has given mm-hmm. up four. They're giving up 5.6 yards a carry on the ground. I don't know. Does this look like a William Powell game? Here's the thing with him. It's one of those situations where they get close to the goal line. The Riders got a lot of rushing threats, including the quarterback, where sometimes yeah. he gets the big score instead of Powell. Yeah, and I, I mean, having those options is nice for an offense. It, it creates a lot of confusion and, and matchup problems for the defense. Sucks for your fantasy team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pa- Powell Powell averages 23.1 against the Bombers per Holy game. man. And we saw last week Calgary using the running backs out of the backfield to you know, counteract those that edge rush from Winnipeg, and it worked pretty well. And then you know, that kind of slows it down and opens up a lot of other options. So I, I don't know if Powell has the rushing game uh, that we're hoping for, but I, there, there is a possibility that he becomes kind of that that safety valve out of the backfield there to to counteract the blitz off the edge. So I mean that that could get you points if if he, uh, if he makes some catches that way and, and gains some yards. Uh, but it's still like it's. It's one of those things where I'm not super confident that this is the game that he has where it's, you know, a 20-point output. He did have double-digit carries in every game so far this season. Ten of them against Ottawa. 20 yards. So so Ottawa was able to shut him down. He did add four catches that day. Winnipeg, you don't know what's going to happen with their rushing defense because Toronto was able to run all over them couple hundred yard games in a row and we know that this game it's gonna be a battle and it it might just be a battle in the trenches (laughs) on on both sides of the ball it's gonna be a really fun one to watch Saskatchewan and Winnipeg two of the top teams 
in the league. Well, and I think we're seeing the the effect of losing Drake Nevis. Right. Because teams, right. teams can stay away from Jeffcoat and Jefferson on the run game and go up the middle now. Mm-hmm. A little easier than before. I'm sure Richie Hall will adjust to that situation as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. I had a tweet asking about $2,500 options, and I think this is the oh, perfect opportunity that, to go through some of those. That wasn't the tweet I thought you were going to talk about. Your napkin, your mustard-stained napkin is the one oh, I was hoping you were going to talk about. I also about. thought you were going to mention the one that Dwayne had said he's not going to use our stats to uh, influence his decisions anymore, which is a very fair tweet. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're the ones influencing you, that's on you, bro. <laughs> I just put out the numbers. I don't tell people what to do. I don't tell people what to do. <laughs> just like on Reddit, you see all the time, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you the truth. I'm just telling you what I heard. <laughs> yeah, the, the napkin. We'll get to that once we get to uh, Edmonton here. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. There might have been a roster move to talk about. <laughs> I think Braden Linnaeus, I mean, one more week of doing what he's done so far, he's probably going to earn mm-hmm. himself a little bit higher of a salary. Yeah, I, I bitch about the salaries on CFL Fantasy, and it's going to come back to bite me in the ass when Lenius is five grand next week. Yeah, yeah. He's been averaging about 11 points a week. Every single target he's received so far this season, Yep, he's caught. Yep. He's 11 for 11, and still no Shaq Evans from the Riders. I think he's earned himself a bigger role in the Rider offense, and... Coming off the bye, we'll see if they'll get him involved even more against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have Jordan Williams, Lambert, and Kyron Moore, uh, you know, ahead of him on the depth chart. But this guy is so sure-handed; he's caught, like you said, everything that's been thrown his way this season. Uh, it's he, I think he had one drop, but it was on a penalty, so it didn't the play didn't even count. Uh, you know, if he keeps reducing like this, I, I just don't see how they don't get him more involved. Uh, with with a smaller role that he has, and he's doing what he has done, uh, I I just don't see how like they'll have a little bit of a three headed monster. And once Shaq Evans comes back, the opportunity at, at receiver are going to be even better. So uh, it, it helps Fajardo. It helps the offense immensely to have to have these options. And if William Powell uh, is struggling, you know that the passing game is going to be able to kind of float them through for a bit. I'm just scrolling through the other twenty five hundred dollar options pretty quickly here. <laughs> For Hamilton, you got Stephen Dunbar. He had the big debut yeah. last week. They Is he going to do it again? Like, let's see what happens. You can't bump him up after one week. There's yep. a couple of those things where, hey, I... Is this going to happen again, or is that a that a one time deal? I, I put Keen Schaefer Baker probably in that mm-hmm. in that category for Saskatchewan. Yeah. He had four catches for 64 yards against Ottawa. Hey pretty good game at $2,500. You know what I'm intrigued with this week is Malik Henry for the Stampeders. They, they've started I, to, I was thinking this exact same thing. They started to get him involved a little bit more in yeah. the offense, but also the return game against mm-hmm. against Edmonton. The, the, yeah, that he could have two return touchdowns. Oh, and then if you had that in your lineup, you are absolutely laughing. And then the other, yeah, 
$2,500 option is Ryan Davis of the Ottawa Red Blacks, who has been seeing mm-hmm. the ball a lot. He had 15 points yep. uh, just receiving in week four. Uh, he had a couple carries for 12 yards as well. If they keep using him the way he's been using mm-hmm. – then maybe he'll do okay. And then once BC gets back, it seems like they've got a couple $2,500 options as well. So it's one of those things where it's a, a prayer into the wind. Some of these things are very, very hit or miss, but that's that's the game we play. You can blame Brazilian tie if you would like, and that's the way I would prefer to go as well. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody needs somebody to blame. I got nothing. It's, I'm just so used to it now. If you're willing to shoulder it, then that's an admirable like, thing to do. I, well, I got a like my shoulder's so screwed up from poor posture and playing video games <laughs> on my back. Like I don't know how much weight I can carry, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have also signed Naaman Roosevelt to their receiving core. Their their receiving core has had a few issues, dropping balls here and there. And Roosevelt is one of those receivers that mm-hmm. doesn't really do that. The only issue is he doesn't do that because, you know, they're high per- a lot of his catches are high percentage, but that also puts him in high traffic, high high danger areas. Yeah, and that's why he has taken some punishment in his yeah. career. <laughs> he doesn't he, he doesn't shy away from getting into those situations. Uh, as far as I know, he'll be no. eligible to play on Sunday. But I I don't think he'll be playing if, if he makes his debut, no. it will be the the Banjo Bowl. So there's probably another week of the receiving core we've seen from Winnipeg so far. You know, uh, Kelvin McKnight here and there, Rashid Bailey, Kenny Lawler, Darvin Adams, mm-hmm. and Kenny Lawler mm-hmm. has been leading the CFL in targets this year. Maybe he's going to be commanding Brandon Banks, you know, $14,000 salaries in the near future. How dare you? <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> he's been... One of the most consistent guys so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, averaging 10.7 in his career, like you said, 11.1 this year. Uh, 11.7 against the Riders. We've seen this Riders pass defense have some issues already this season. So there is a chance that Lawler could uh, put up some pretty big numbers this week. Hey, they, they gave up a 100-yard uh, performance to an Ottawa receiver. I mean, it's not yeah. out of the out of the realm of realm possibility, of possibility. <laughs> that Winnipeg could have one. What is Andrew Harris's yeah. historical performance against the Riders? Eleven point six eh. per game. Now, then, and then you look at what he's done against Edmonton, and it's like, well, I mean, he could almost. It feels like he could do that against any team. Yeah, I know. He does well against Edmonton for some reason. At this point in the season, mm-hmm. the Riders are, have the best rushing defense in the league. They've only given up 141 yards on the ground. <laughs> total? <laughs> yes, total. That That's a lie. That is through three games. Uh, 47 oh, yards boy. a game is what they have averaged so far. Let's see Jeez. if Winnipeg is going to be able to up that. 
up that but, average at all. I, I who, think it'll be a fun who game they at play? Mosaic Bishop Stadium. Bishop Sycamore three times? <laughs> Let's go to Labor Day Monday. The Ticats, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, the over-under is at 44 right now. It is the 49th Labor Day matchup between these two teams. The Ticats lead the series 35 13 and 1. <laughs> oh my god. That's they high. have they haven't lost the Labor Day matchup since 2012. How long is the leash for Dane Evans? Now I I'm just guessing that Dane is going to be starting I think he's off the leash. I think he's going to be able to run with it. I I think if the Ticats falter at all then uh, they'll probably switch right back to Mazzoli. I, I think that's what happens here. Is he healthy? Well, I think now he probably is. Who knows? Yeah. We'll who, see. Who, he, hey, Matt Dunnigan says if you're healthy enough to dress, you're healthy enough to play. You're healthy and enough to play. <laughs> Mazzoli dressed last week, so I'm guessing yeah. he'll you, be dressing on Monday. Are you hurt or injured? Because there's a difference. I guess he's You're hurt. just hurt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. I'm wondering if this is the game where where the offensive output really really happens here. Both teams have given up five passing touchdowns on the season. That is uh mm-hmm. two of the I guess worst marks so far in the CFL. Maybe Dane Evans keeps it going. The the Ticats offense looked completely different, just more energetic, more confident with mm. him playing. And I don't know if that was desperation or what it was, but they, they did look different against uh, Montreal. Dane Evans' numbers, they weren't the best. He didn't have an interception. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns. That is something that Mazzoli could do, but it's just that that it factor that you just can't really you can't really measure the, the intangibles well and also he had steven dunbar so mazzoli never did i mean that helps <laughs> and it, it's almost and they almost committed to the run almost will they do it again i hope so i got six thousand seventy five dollars saying that they will so Winnipeg could not run against Toronto. I know that mm-hmm. Brady Oliveira was the running back instead of Andrew Harris, but Oliveira had 100 yards in week one. He only had a combined mm-hmm. 57 yards in the two games against Toronto. I would love to see Sean Thomas Erlington do it again. We'll see. Uh, to me, it's a roll of the dice with uh, the Ticats yeah. running game these days. But I, I think... And and that Argos front seven is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, that's that's part of the issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, they've got the, the linebacking core and the defensive line to really shut you down. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at Brandon Banks' stats from the last three Labor Days, Ty. 24 catches... 340 yards, three touchdowns. He's nowhere near that so far this season. Is he going to explode here on Labor Day? Nope. I have zero faith in it right now. I He had five yards last week. 
Yeah, five and this is a totally yards. this is a totally different Argos team than we've seen in the past. So I I just until he gets out of his own way, it feels like I don't think we're going to see much. Uh, but his price did drop. He's only like thirteen thousand and some now, so he's almost <laughs> affordable. <laughs> well. Stephen Dunbar, it is. <laughs> See, yeah, that sounds fair. With that Ticats uh, offense, I, I don't know who's going to be the the main guy each week, and I, I don't know that, if I'm willing the, to risk it. That's been the problem it. for the last couple of years. That's been the problem for the last couple of years. It's like, who do you pick? Because they've been able to spread the ball out, whether it was Ackland, Tucker, Banks, like Addison. Like, I mean, any one of those guys could have 110 yards and a touchdown. Right, so it, it it turned into a real crapshoot, and then you know, Brandon Banks goes on that run of seven straight or whatever of hundred yard games. But at fourteen thousand dollars, it's hard to get him in the lineup. So you had to look other places. But any one of these guys, any any week could could put up the numbers. It's just you got to pick the right one at the right time. And it is Labor Day. There could always be that unlikely hero mm-hmm. showing up at the Somebody, donut box. Somebody's getting somebody's getting kicked out of this game. <laughs> well, th- these two teams are looking more fired up than they ever have been. The Argos are the mm-hmm. only team in the East Division with two wins. Uh, they have not played oh, since August 21st. Is it the mm-hmm. rust or rest question? Uh, I think the Argos are going to be really well prepared going into this game on Monday. I I think so. Uh, you know, they know what's at stake here. They they don't want to let the Ticats back in. Uh, this is a chance to not necessarily bury them, but to, you know, make it so it's, it's way harder to to catch, to catch the Argos in the standings. Uh, I don't want, it's not a must win by any means, but if you're Toronto, uh, you gotta, you gotta stack up all the wins you can. Uh, if you're in, if you're in first place, there's, there's no such thing as, as too many. So, uh, this is a game where they've they've got to come out, and they've they they've got to make sure that they're rested, and not rusty. Because if they if they allow Hamilton to stick around, it's just going to create problems later in the season. Because we know Hamilton at some point is going to turn things around, and that might have been last week, where you know the offense starts to get going and and they start winning football games. And this is the Argos have to have to do something to stop stop that and not let them get on a run here, so they can stay in first. The long rest seems to have at least benefited Devaris Daniels, who took a big mm-hmm. hit from Brandon Alexander in their last game against Winnipeg. And it did seem like he had that chemistry with Nick Arbuckle, you know, kind of carrying mm-hmm. over. Devaris Daniels, I know, spent 2019 with Edmonton, but it seemed like these two guys were very familiar with each other. And uh, Arbuckle was enjoying having former Stampeder receivers to throw to. Eric Rogers, Devaris Daniels, seem like pretty good bets if you do want to run with an Argo receiver against the Ticats. Yeah, Yeah, uh, you know, other than who's ever getting covered by Frankie Williams, because he kind of, I I don't want to say he's coming out of nowhere, but he's become quite the, quite the corner. Uh, We just talk about him mainly in the, in the return game. Uh, But I mean, yeah, when you have Daniels, Rogers, Ricky Collins Jr. as as your top three receivers right now on the depth chart, that's not a, not a bad embarrassment of riches to have. Here's the deal. The Ticats are only giving up 209 yards a game through the air. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have given up the five passing touchdowns, but the Ticats are kind of bleeding 
when it comes to the ground game on defense. They were able to limit William Stanback last week. It was he could not get a single thing going. But the Ty Cats that, that was almost like the Ted Laurent show. Yeah, and maybe that continues this week. The Ty Cats 128 yards a game given up on the ground, and the Argos mm-hmm. were able to run with success against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. One week was John White. The next week was DJ Foster. He's $3,500. If you're it. looking for a cheap option, maybe the the Argos get him going against. It was only a CFL debut <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Can he mm-hmm. do it again on Labor Day? Maybe. That's all I'm saying, Ty. Is, the question is, is he going to get the touches? Yeah, exactly. Because White had the double digits uh, the week before. DJ ended up getting the, the double digits that week and took advantage of them with mm-hmm. the 100-yard game. Can he do it in Hamilton? I don't know. It's, those Labor Day games can get away from you in a hurry. <laughs> oh, yeah. That crowd fired up, and if they get an early lead against Toronto, then the game plan is just out the window, and you're just basically trying to survive. Yeah, you just don't want to get blown out at that point. Yep. <laughs> you want to get out of there without without getting people injured, without getting people suspended, and, yeah. and move on to to week to the next week. Like that, <laughs> at some point, it just becomes self preservation. Yeah, let's go to the the next game here. The second part of the Labor Day doubleheader: the Calgary Stampeders six point favorites over the Edmonton Elks. The over under is at forty two and a half. Edmonton's last win on Labor Day was twenty eleven. But the the Labor Day the Labor Day series is actually quite tight here. The Stamps have the edge twenty eight mm-hmm. twenty five and one. Can Jake Mayer do it again? Three hundred yes. yards in each game so far in his young CFL career. Yes, there's only so, been two. Two. <laughs> uh, the Elks passing defense through three games. Uh, number one in the league, 136.7 yards. They've averaged. Of course, the first one was 71 yards against Matt Nichols, so that skews things (laughs) a lot. (laughs) But the fact that Mayer put up 300 yards against Winnipeg, he can do the same thing at home against Edmonton. I think he can do that against Aaron Grimes. Just throw his way every play. Yeah, yeah. And if you overthrow it, Grimes is going to think that he's just the best corner in the league, which he is not. <laughs> I uh, There's really been a connection here between Jake Mayer and Josh Hoff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something I'm betting on this week. 11 catches mm-hmm. for 220 yards over the past couple games for Huff. He's still costing just over $5,000. That's probably going to be rising in the next little while. Which, I mean, hop on it while you can, because at some point it's going to be eight, dollars $9,000 if this continues, and it's going to be really hard to squeeze him in. Uh, as far as the Elks go, I actually have faith in their defense here. I'm not sure if it's uh, an area that I really want to exploit <laughs> so far. Like they, 
and maybe the Ottawa game skews things a little bit here and there, but they've got a solid unit on defense. They they proved it against BC when Kwaku Boateng goes down, and they're still able to get to to Michael Riley and 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 shut everything down with that offense. Mm-hmm. Eh, again, Labor Day is one of those things where you can go into McMahon Stadium and you don't know what's going to happen here. The Stamps have really committed to the running game with Kadeem Carey. Can he get it going against the Elks? Not sure if this is the week for a big game from him. Yeah, that's a tough a tough uh, hill to climb uh, with that defensive line that they have. And like we saw, Boateng doesn't play and they're able to just kind of plug and play on that defensive line. Uh, it's just... Carry if he can get in the open field, I think, like if he's able to get around the edge or able, if they're able to make him a hole through the middle, I, I see him making plays, but it, it comes with high risk because that, that defensive front in Edmonton is able to shut down the run. Uh, and Carey's not the biggest guy. So it's not like, he, it's not like he's Andrew Harris where he's going to power... He's not a power runner, right? So... I, I just it, it's it's a tough a tough matchup for Carey. That being said, there's we've seen what he's done in this league. You know, it's been two seasons now. Um, there is, I mean, he's averaging ten point four against Edmonton. Not terrible, but you know, if you're going to pay that much for him, you, you, you expect a little more. But again, we've seen stranger things. If you had, I, a court- I haven't. I have never watched that show. <laughs> I I haven't either. Okay. <laughs> because it, if you had a quarterback and their second career start setting the franchise record for the most consecutive completions, yeah. all the power to you. And all that being said, I, I am seeing now that Bo Levi Mitchell has been taken off the six-game injured list. He's eligible to practice. Mm-hmm. Will he play on Monday? I'm not sure. Their first practice for Labor Day is today. You're going to have to look at those practice reports and look at the depth chart. And this could be gamesmanship leading into the Labor Day Classic with their provincial rival. And as far as Edmonton, just north on the QE2 goes, that elk situation just continues to be a circus off the field, doesn't it, Ty? Yep. And it's... It, it, it's getting old really fast, and I can only imagine how Elks fans feel if I feel this way. Starting left guard Jacob Ruby has been released by the team. They're calling it a breach of COVID-19 protocols. Dave Naylor ends up sending out a, a tweet that saying that Ruby had told the team over and over again that he had been vaccinated. Well, the team asks for proof. Well, he's got how no you, proof. How are you waiting till this point in the season to do that? I think that's a that's a big question, Ty. Don't get me wrong, Ruby's just as much at fault for being a jerk and lying, but there are ways to fact check that. And, you know, with the league the league protocols that they have in place and and with the 85% and and the game checks and everything, there's got to be a paper trail at some point, doesn't there? There's got to be proof. There's got to be, you know, records of this. And 
so it, it, yeah, it, it, they both, both, both sides share fault here. Uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the Alks are completely innocent and the, and the victim here cause they're not, uh, but it, it's a bad, bad look. The early rumor was that he had forged the document <laughs> mm-hmm. and gave the Elks for that. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to laugh about that. Naylor did retract that. Who knows yeah. what's actually true? Because Justin Dunk said Trevor Harris tested positive for COVID-19, you know, 10 minutes later, retracting that. So I don't know. <laughs> Something's going on where information is coming out of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. It's all fuzzy. It's getting retracted. I don't know what's going on there. But as a fan, it's got to be tiring. It's been... Yeah. This Edmonton franchise has been near the top of the CFL for so many years. But as of late, it's just been dumb yeah. story after dumb story after dumb story. You hire a coach, he quits. Granted, with the with the lost season, I can't really blame him. But I mean, he was going to get paid, maybe yeah. a little bit. But so he leaves. They they have you know this. <clears throat> sorry, you know they have a breakout. Uh, the whole I don't want the the name thing started at all, and people started getting pissed before they even stepped on the field, and you know it just kind of snowballed from there, and everything just kind of jumped on it. it just consumed it and now it's a, it, every week it seems like there's a new story coming out of Edmonton it's not and it's nothing to do with on the field and like it's tiring for if you're an Elks fan I, I, I feel for them I really do because it, it sucks I mean how we dealt with this with the riders with guys you know going to the pat and getting in some trouble every every other day it seemed so I get it uh, but I don't know if it's a leadership problem uh, whether it's front office or in the locker room or if the players just don't care or if management and the coaching staff just don't care. It's just it's something's off, and, and that needs to be fixed in a hurry. It's I think it's clearly got to be a leadership issue in Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, and not just on the field because the, the, the Dwayne Mandrusiak thing, like that was just such a – that no. that was the start of it. Forget the name. That was the start of it. That made I, I get I get what they were doing because they weren't making like they had no money coming in, but they don't need to fire him, lay him off, and you can bring him back. Yeah, like, the way they went about that did not look good, and that I think that's what started it all. I forgot about that. It, it just doesn't it doesn't stop. It, it, it's like the, no. the next dumb story. Of course it's going to come out of Edmonton, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And for once, it's not the Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another thing. like Just like the Argos, the Elks have been off for a long time. Obviously, mm-hmm. they haven't been able to, to gather and be at the facility. So I don't know if the time off really benefits them. No, I don't think it does. And with the amount of guys they had with positive tests, uh, how are they going to be affected? Because they weren't able to do anything. Unless they had a gym at home. Walking into the Labor Day Classic for the Edmonton Elks. This does not seem like a good situation, man. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> no. Maybe they're not getting God, it cr- no. crushed, but I think the only player I am considering this week, and I know the Stampeders. Probably the same one I am. They've shown some holes here and there in the defense. 100 yards a game given up on the ground. They've given up 300 yards in the air. Actually, both of those numbers even. (laughs) 100 Mm -hmm. and 300 so far this season. But it's it's James Wilder Jr. for the Edmonton Elks. I I don't know. You you don't know who Harris is going to throw to week in, week out or if he's going to be able to be consistent and not turn the ball over. But James Wilder Jr. has been the one sure thing in that offense yeah. so far this year. And leading the league in rushing, you know, and he's, a- he's able to catch the ball in the backfield, it's just it's a no-brainer if you're going to look at that Elks offense and look for a player to pick from them. Uh, with the receiver options being Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson, uh, Armani Edwards, when he's healthy, Mike Jones, Shai, uh Ross, then you have Tavon Smith. Like, I mean, there's just so many options at the receiver position that it just feels like the running back position is the one constant that you can rely on. And he's obviously proven it this year. He's, he's leading the league in rushing, so it, it's an easy pick. Yeah, he has been a monster so far, and th- thus far he doesn't have a touchdown. The The touchdowns yeah, will which come. which is crazy. Yeah, and... Yeah. Hopefully this week. <laughs> when they do, it'll be a big game for James Wilder yeah. Jr. All right, Ty, what's your lineup looking like at this point in the week? What do you, why do you say it like that? You make it sound like I'm going to tinker. Well, last week you did I tinker because tinkered. there were some <laughs> injuries that <laughs> there were some injuries that popped up. It was completely different than what you revealed, yeah. so I had to add that caveat. <laughs> Uh, Jake Mayer, James Wilder Jr., Sean Thomas Erlington, uh, pairing up Josh Huff with my with Mayer, uh, Rashid Bailey, Braden Lenius, obviously at twenty five hundred bucks, it's a no brainer right now, and the Montreal defense. All right, I'm uh, at quarterback. I'm going Dane Evans, Justin Davis at running back for the Red Blacks, James Wilder Jr., B.J. Cunningham, Josh Huff, Braden Lenius. So we've got a lot of crossover because I got the Owls defense as well. We have four of seven spots. <laughs> there Great we go. Minds. Great minds. That's what it looks like going into Labor Day, the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I got off the schneid last week. I'm now That's one That's such a great three. word. It is. I think it needs to be used more. <laughs> I think we have to try to get it in once a week. <laughs> I'm taking on a Superman Fike from the Turf District Podcast. Yes, I called them that on purpose, and I will continue mm-hmm. to call them that on purpose. Who are you picking to win the games? Uh, Alouettes, Riders, Argos, Stamps. Argos. Yeah. I think the Argos sweep. Whoa. I'm just letting that sink in. If the Argos sweep... Yeah. That's home playoff. They're, that's bye week if, if in the, Ar- the first if round. The Argos, man. If, if the Argos sweep, they're winning the Grey Cup. Whoa! There it is. Put your money and then down. They'll blow it all up next year, and they'll finish dead last. 
<laughs> Put your money down like in a, your future's like the bet. Florida Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Alouettes and the home teams for Labor Day, and then I'll, I'm telling you, I'll probably just switch it for next week. <laughs> oh yeah, next week it's next week. I only have one game that's not the same, so. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. They offer internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, the beauty is you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. So if you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business plus park power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities shopping local is very important to park power's owner chris kazoski and we love local here at the alberta podcast network so it's a great fit you can learn more at parkpower.ca i'm travis cura with brazilian ty we made it through this week ty without uh, you just trashing every other podcaster or broadcaster under the sun i did it to one (laughs) unless you want me to start on david sanchez because i can go there (laughs) rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher we'll talk to you tuesday have a good labor day weekend thanks for listening Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.